Today on CityCast Boise, agriculture is the heart of Idaho. And when we go buy our favorite fruits and veggies, we never really ask ourselves, who's filling our grocery stores? The answer, of course, is Idaho farm workers who spend long hours working in extreme heat, oftentimes lacking protections to stay safe in the summer. So with limited resources, a Boise nonprofit is taking matters into their own hands. Today, I'm speaking with Irene Ruiz and Samantha Guerrero, founders of the Idaho Immigrant Resource Alliance. It's Tuesday, July 5th, 2022. I'm Frankie Barnhill, and this is CityCast Boise. Irene, if you wouldn't mind um, telling me a little bit, I I understand uh, when we talked before this interview, you mentioned that you and your family have worked in the fields, that they do work in the fields. What is it like to work in the fields, especially in the summer? It's very, of course, very hot, very exhausting. The heat makes the work harder and it's harder to want to push through it because it's just so hot and you just want to take a break and you want to like go find shade and relax and just be able to keep yourself from getting sick. Um, you know, I've been, I was working in the fields for at least 10, 12 years. And those memories are just so seared into me right now. Like I can, I go back to how that felt, right? Like feeling hot, humid, sticky, you know, you're covered, you have a hat on, you have, a, you know, long sleeve shirt on, pants and boots because you have to protect yourself, not just from the heat, but from pesticides that get sprayed on the field, in the fields and also you know, just in case there's wildfires or smoke. So for those who have never done it, it's just, I can tell you, it's just very exhaustive. And like, you just want the day to fly because <laughs> you're ready to get out of the of those conditions. And how long are the days? We did eight to 12 hour days. Wow. And if it got hot, like how it's been um, up in the upper 90s, we wake up at the crack of dawn, like even before that and get out there by dawn. So it's a... It's having to figure out what time to work so you can avoid the heat, so you can avoid heat stroke and heat exhaustion. Samantha, um, I know that you're really interested in environmental justice and talking about sustainability, but also, you know, justice when it comes to the people who are actually growing the food and cultivating the food that we eat. Um, tell me a little bit about that, why you're passionate about it and how that connects to this issue. Yeah, so my grandfather, Jesus, was a farm worker. He was a farmer in Mexico, but he would migrate here on these lands and you work different crops and it's dangerous work. Um, My uncles also did the similar work and my mother. And so this work honors them and the people who continue to do the same work, migration and keep us fed. And so during COVID, we saw how unsustainable our food chain truly is that depends on conventional agriculture and is dependent on cheap labor. And so for us, you know, we really wanted to start this fund earlier um, and make sure that we are getting needed aid and equipment out as soon as possible. And we don't always focus on the human aspect of environmental issues. And so that's what we are working on, the work that Irene and I are doing is we want the community to know that the farm workers that work in the state, they are in danger, uh, especially as the climate changes. When we're talking about heat and smoke issues in particular, um, why is it that 
you know, your group, uh, a nonprofit had to step up um, and put this fund together. Why is this not coming from uh, the people who own the farms? Uh, why is the support not coming from the state government? Why is it not coming from the federal government? I mean, farm workers are seen as commodities in this big ag industry that we have. They're not seen as human beings, they're seen as commodities, they're seen as how much money can you make us instead of how should we take care of you, right? And so we need to really start thinking about why is it that we're not supporting people who are doing, you know, who have been working tirelessly through the pandemic, right? They were considered essential workers. And so I feel like state, federal, and farm owners and contractors, those labor contractors, they all need to pitch in to help and support and make sure that we're taking care and protecting our farm workers and that they're seen as human beings. Like Sam mentioned before, a lot of times when we talk about environmental justice, we don't really think about how it affects human beings, how these things affect those who are working out and these elements are getting, you know, are getting um, stronger, right? The heat's stronger. We're seeing forest fires coming sooner. Um, people are harmed from pesticides, um, low wages. They're doing work for such small pay. And so I think we need to start thinking about the humanity. Samantha, anything you wanted to add to that? Yeah, from our work, what we've seen is employers aren't held accountable. And so what happens when a farm worker dies, we don't want to get to that point. And so this, of course, goes on state leadership. And like Irene mentioned, employers um, on a federal level as well and contractors what they should be doing is providing enough cool water for their employees. Um, they should be taking breaks. They should have shade. And when we drive around to see these fields, we usually don't see places for shade for workers. Um, that they should be allowed to take breaks, even though they are not required uh, legally for farm workers. In the summer, they should be allowed to, to have like cool down breaks and temperatures should be monitored. And so hopefully, you know, employers step up this year and take better care of their workers. I mean, it depends too. Like if you're working for a contractor, labor contractor, it's up to them to also make sure that employees are getting their own breaks because a lot of times the farm owners usually aren't around there. So either you're in a crew and you have to hope that supervisor gives you the break. Or if you end up working on your own, you know, like me and my family we would do a lot of our fields on our own and so my mom always made sure we had that right and the former that we work for respected that as well and so it just depends who you work for sure right but without having that regulation or without having that blanket um policy yeah it, it depends it just depends what do you hear from farm workers who have dealt with the health effects of heat smoke um, and then, you know, throw on top of that uh, pesticides. What are you hearing from people? Many of them have stated that they feel like they're not respected and they're not valued for the work that they do. And they feel like they're not treated the way they deserve to be treated and they're not receiving, of course, the protection they need to be able to work out in the fields. And, you know, I had one person say, like, we have to buy our own protection. And she said, what happens to people who can't afford to buy their own protection? Like, they're left out there in the elements without anything to protect them from the heat, the sun and pesticides and things like that. So there needs to be more, a better way to be able to give the, you know, protection to people. And so that's why the heat and smoke relief fund is out there so we can provide 
things to people who may not be able to get access to it. Yeah. Uh, there might be some people who, again, have no idea what this experience is like, who are like, oh, well, why couldn't they afford to buy their own, you know, shirts and hats and water to help folks understand that? I mean, what is the pay that people are receiving? What what are the standards there? Um, and, you know, thinking about yeah, the wider context of this this issue. Well, first off, the minimum is 725 unless it's by piece rate. And um, farm work doesn't give overtime here in Idaho. So they could be working, you know, before the sun is up to the evening and they're not making any overtime pay. And then the workers who are H-2A workers here on a visa brought from a different country, they come here and they don't have what they need because they, they don't necessarily know what the climate is. And we saw it when folks started showing up in February that they didn't have sweaters, they didn't have gloves, they didn't have boots. So we were also doing a drive then. And for the summer, you know, we want to get them um, gloves to protect them from the pesticides and other needed supplies. And we don't think that these supplies should come from their checks, right? I, the supply should be given to them um, by their employers and which is also why we're we're doing this fundraiser so we can get them what is needed. Let's get into the items a little bit more, Samantha. So besides gloves, what else are you looking for? Um, and are you looking for specific items to be donated or uh, just the, the funds to donate and then, and then y'all will go out and buy what's needed? We're asking for both. So this year we want to reach more farm workers than we did last year. And we're collaborating with other organizations to reach uh, the areas of Northern Idaho and other parts of Southern Idaho. And so for us, for the items, we're asking for bottled water. Uh, we're asking for sport drinks, for coolers uh, to keep the, the liquids cool. Uh, we're asking for hats um, and for bandanas and 95 masks to protect them from the smoke, SPF protectant, and of course the funds. So it's easier for us to distribute funds to our different organizations we're working with. So they can also buy needed supplies if farm workers specifically ask for something that they need, those needs can be met. Great, and we'll put links of course in the show notes for where people can donate and how they can do that. Irene, you talked a little bit earlier about um, the humanity that needs to be put forefront when we're talking about these are, you know, real people and their real lives being affected. Um, how do they react when they, you know, receive these items and when they realize that there are people like you, um, like y'all and like the people who are donating um, who, you know, are trying to care for them and trying to help them out? I personally haven't been able to see that many reactions, but I've been hearing about it. And so people have like been saying, oh my God, that's so awesome. Thank you for doing this work. And we did do a billboard in Canning County in Nampa last year where we thanked our farm workers and that was received so well. People were like, oh wow, they're seeing us finally. And so people were super excited that we were thanking them for the work that they're doing and that they didn't feel as invisible as they used to be. And I do want to reiterate, if you're not working, you're not getting paid. So it's not like, in an office where you can have sick pay, you have right. vacation pay, you don't get any of that when you're a farm worker. When, if you're sick and you're out, you don't get paid for that day. And so that affects 
the household that affects the family, right? If you're not getting that income to put food on their own tables, right? And so we have to be realistic in looking into that, that not everyone has the same protections when it comes to worker workers' rights as others. There's, there's a disparity and there's so much inequality when it comes to that. Absolutely, thanks for adding that. Um, just to kind of wrap up, there's so many more things we could talk about when it comes to farm workers and protections and their rights. Um, but besides this uh, summer, with the heat and smoke relief fund, what would you tell people listening to help them understand why this is so important, why this issue matters and how they can support farm workers in Idaho outside of donating to this fund? Without farm workers, we don't have food and without their labor, we wouldn't have, you know, the billion dollar industry of agriculture that we have here in the state of Idaho. And so I feel like the least that we can do is make sure that Farm workers are being treated with dignity and have the the equipment necessary to keep them protected. Um, and so I think we've gone far too long allowing and sacrificing our farm workers. And we saw it throughout the pandemic. They didn't stop working. Um, and this isn't easy work. It's, it's uh, one of the most dangerous jobs you could do. Um, agriculture work. And so I, I think it's important for people in Idaho to know that this is happening in our backyard um, and that they should get involved in working to protect them. Well, Samantha and Irene, thank you so much for taking the time to tell us about this really important issue and for the work that you're doing to protect and stand up for farm workers. Um, it is really essential and I appreciate your time coming on CityCast Boise. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much for having us. And a quick update on how fundraising is going. Irene, Samantha, and the Idaho Immigrant Resource Alliance have raised over $5,000 to purchase supplies for farm workers. Last year, they raised $24,000, and they want to raise even more money this year. We'll put a link in the show notes for how to donate to the fund. That's all for today here on CityCast Boise. Coming up on Thursday, we're talking secret swim spots and the best places to cool down this summer. Have a recommendation to share? Leave us a voicemail. Call 208-546-9485. We would love to hear from you. 